So sadly, Pat, Michelle passed away on the 3rd of September this year. She was always meant to be the guest for this episode. We agreed this back in May, but she contracted COVID. She didn't survive. Podcasting for our health with NHS Blood and Transplant in association with Bristol African Caribbean Expo and BCFM Radio. Hosted by Primrose Granville, the accidental campaigner and broadcaster and producer, Pat Hart. I'm Primrose Granville, the accidental campaigner. I didn't set out to do this. However, I am the daughter and sister of transplant recipients. I'm the mother of someone who may one day need a transplant. And I am a transplant recipient myself. Hi, I'm Pat Hart, a broadcaster of mostly South Asian background. And I'm partnering with Primrose to produce this series of podcasts. Hi, it's me again, Primrose Granville, the accidental campaigner. Welcome to Podcasting for Our Health, episode four. Now, this is an extra special podcast. It's not only kicking off NHS Blood and Transplant Organ Donation Week 2021. We're also celebrating the legacy and memory of Michelle Hemmings of Lungs for Life. Hi, Prim. I remember so well, Michelle, uh, a famous transplant recipient in February 2018 after waiting 22 years for a, a lung transplant. She finally got one on the 26th of February 2018 as part of the Papworth Five. Um, we will talk about that, but tell us what tragically happened with Michelle. So sadly, Pat, Michelle passed away on the 3rd of September this year. She was always meant to be the guest for this episode of Podcasting for Our Health. We agreed this back in May, but she contracted COVID. She didn't survive. So... She was due to be the guest. She was a very special guest right here uh, on BCFM on the 10th of September last year uh, as the first guest for our Organ Donation Week 2020 stories. And I remember, and I smile and I giggle because Michelle, (laughs) Michelle had... She was infectious in terms of the way that she was so happy and cheerful and almost kind of like literally um, we were pulling each other's leg during the interview. Um... We will hear that interview again shortly. So Michelle will be our guest on this podcast, Prim. And it's always difficult, isn't it, talking about those that we've lost, especially those so dear to us and especially those um, that were lost so tragically. Absolutely, Pat. And Michelle's passing is particularly hard for me because she's a transplant patient And it brought home the fact just how vulnerable I am. Mm. I don't ever think of myself as vulnerable. I don't think other people think of me as vulnerable. But transplant patients are very, very vulnerable people. We are immunosuppressed. And for those of us who campaign, we just look like these big, powerful humans when we're not. Michelle was a big, powerful person, but she wasn't. She was a human being, a critically, extremely vulnerable person during COVID. And Mm. and we just didn't think of her that way. Of course. But, you know, 
I have some very fond memories of Michelle. Some long telephone calls. Michelle didn't do short telephone calls. <laughs> <laughs> like you then. Like me. So, you know, we were, we were one of a kind. Yeah. And we would talk about all kinds of things. You know, a transplant is not a cure. It is treatment. Mm. And that treatment comes with side effects. Oh, did I explore those side effects with Michelle. <laughs> so it was wonderful to have conversations with her. Mm. She was a beautiful human being. And we're going to hear from Geraldine Parker-Smith, who is the National Marketing Manager for NHS Blood and Transplant, responsible for BAME, or as we say, PAT, Global Majority Communities. Mm. Geraldine runs a very special group of which Michelle and I are participants. My name is Geraldine Parker-Smith, and I am the National BME Marketing Manager for NHS Blood and Transplant. My role there is to engage with the Black and South Asian community. There's two clinical needs within the Black and South Asian community that we really need people to be aware of. One is about we need more people to become blood donors from the Black community. And then on the organ side of things, we need more people from the Black and the South Asian community to be aware of the need for why we need them to become organ donors. Um, there's a lot of people from the Black and the South Asian community that very sadly suffer from things like needing um, organ transplants and especially kidney transplants. And so we need to raise the awareness so that we have enough people that are willing to donate their organs after death so that we can help people from our community who, who unfortunately find themselves in the position where they're needing to receive a transplant. amazing role you've got there. What about living kidney donors? Do you campaign for that as well? Yes, we do. So we're just starting to do a campaign around living donation. We literally just opened up a funding project stream where we're trying to encourage people from the community that want to, again, raise the awareness and campaign to try and encourage people to become living organ donors. So yes, so that's literally just starting opening up that campaign stream. More amazing work. And I suppose I'm a little bit biased because I'm very much involved in campaigning for NHS blood and transplant myself. I know that you're like a mother to a very special group of individuals like myself. And those are your stakeholders. And when you give a name like stakeholders, it's a very special label because somehow we feel like we are contributing to something that is really, really good. And we're very much part of the process. We are your babies, kind of, in a way. Tell us about the, the stakeholders group, how it came about, and what it means to you. Yes, Prim, thank you so much. I am so, so privileged, absolutely privileged in the work that I'm doing. And I'm very excited, and I give God thanks every day for my job. I am grateful that I get to meet wonderful and amazing people like yourself. And as you so rightly said, this wonderful stakeholder group that I Again, I'm so privileged to work with, and I have some fantastic people, you know, yourself, there's Angela, there's Michelle, there's Hilaria, there's James, you know, there's many more people, but I am just so blessed to work with you guys. This stakeholder group, which we call our BME stakeholder group, Black and South Asian stakeholder group, but it's mainly made up from the Black community, 
made up of people that have either received a transplant, so they are just so grateful that they've received a organ and they want to give back, they want to campaign. I mean, Prim, you do amazingly. The work that you do is absolutely phenomenal. And I bow down to all of you because I am really, really just honoured and humbled when I'm in your presence, when I see the heart that all of you have to want to raise the awareness within the black community, especially to let people know that, you know, if it wasn't for you guys receiving that organ transplant, then your life would be a lot different. And so you are just so grateful that you want to give back and to be in and to lead a group of people that have that mindset and that attitude is so inspiring. And you guys do some amazing things and you do it tirelessly day in and day out. And you volunteer your time to raise your awareness within the Black and South Asian community. And I am just so humbled. And it, it is such an amazing group. And you guys do just wonderful stuff. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Like here I am today on your podcast. And again, this is something that you're doing, Prim, you know, voluntarily. It's just amazing. So, yeah, it's I, I privileged to manage amazing stakeholder group. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Geraldine. You're, you, you're kind of having me tearing up there a bit. You know, I mean, oh, we do this stuff anyway, but it's all about life and the circle of life. And, you know, mm-hmm. as we speak about the circle of life, we've, we've had some sadness, really, in, in this special group of years. And yeah. we have lost Michelle, Michelle Hemmings of Ooh. Lungs for Life, one of the Papworth famous five of February 2018. Yeah. You know, she had a lung transplant, but she left us in the last couple of weeks. And I suppose she's up there campaigning just the same as she would be down here on earth. Talk to us about Michelle and you, because you know her a lot more than I do. Oh, prima. <laughs> oh. Just take a moment. Yes. Oh, so again, Michelle was just this such a beautiful, beautiful soul. Another stakeholder that just not stakeholder, but as I said, she yes, she's my stakeholder. But we forgot that we have built such a personal relationship. Michelle was so grateful because she received a lung transplant. She was so grateful because prior to her receiving her transplant. She couldn't even walk up the stairs. She said to me it would take her half an hour just to walk up the flight of stairs within her house. She was so breathless all the time. Michelle, just she just said her life would, you know, practically zero, you know. When she received her transplant, it transformed her life. She got back her new lease of life. She was able to run up the stairs. So she was, that she campaigned tirelessly. She raised the awareness in every way that she could do possible to raise the awareness within the black community, to let them know about how her life had been transformed because somebody donated their organs, their lungs, and she wanted to let the black community know that you're literally helping to save and improve people's lives when you donate your loved one's organs. And she was so grateful to receive that. And so she tirelessly, she, every weekend, every day, that's what she lived and breathed through, was the campaign to raise the awareness within the black community. Every Thursday, she used to host a radio station. I remember when she was first setting that up and she came to me and I helped her find different speakers and guest speakers that can talk on that radio show. Again, because that was her love to share 
the goodness of her receiving that transplant. She wanted everyone to know. So she would get speakers on that could talk about why we should donate and she would get people on that would receive transplants themselves. She would get the specialist nurses on that would talk about what happens when you do donate and how we look after your body and, and the reason why we need people from the black community. And she, she was just so passionate. And every week that she would be campaigning, she was preparing to do a black tie event. It was supposed to take place, I think it was on the 21st or 22nd of August. And just a few days prior to that event going live, Michelle, um, you know, contacted COVID and unfortunately that beast took her out. But, you know, Michelle, her heart was to raise awareness and that's what she did. My relationship with Michelle, I, I've known her for about, it must be about two years. And within those two years, Every week we would have, as you mentioned, the BAME stakeholder, BAME stakeholder forum, you know. Yes, I was on that show with her, Geraldine, on a very special day, 20th of May, which was the one year anniversary of the law change in England. Yeah. And you are right. Michelle was infectious. You met her and you had no choice but to love her because yeah. she was so beautiful inside and out. And she simply yeah. gave of herself effortlessly yeah you know she would give radio interviews she was on our publicity material tv interviews whatever you asked michelle to do she was willing to get involved to raise the awareness within the black community and she for organ donation week she ran her own campaign she did a heart walk campaign um last september in the park in the middle of covid she gathered all of the all of her friends her friends and her networks and all of the community and they did a heart walk to raise your awareness about organ donation. She did a concert last organ donation week for all of these special high profile people to sing and again to raise the awareness about organ donation week. All of her community networks that she knew, Michelle was there raising the awareness. Absolutely Geraldine and Last September, on the 10th, at the beginning of Organ Donation Week, on the Tuesday, Michelle was our special guest for that show on BCFM Radio. And that oh. is the audio that we have saved, precious piece of audio that will form the basis of this podcast, as it is very much dedicated to her memory. Yeah. She was remarkable, absolutely remarkable, remarkable, remarkable woman. As you said, such a beautiful soul. You know. Whenever you went to Michelle with an act, are you able to help us with this? There was never a no, and nothing was too hard. She was always willing. She just with a big smile and just wanted because that was her passion. Because she was grateful for receiving, you know, her organs. So grateful, and she wanted to give back. And yeah, Michelle lived life. She lived life, and I think from you said this, Michelle was like she was like a gift to this earth. She was a messenger that went around to raise the awareness around organ donation because she was a she benefited from receiving her organs and she knew how her life was completely transformed. After waiting 22 years, she certainly, in three years, she poured those 22 years of waiting and struggling and languishing into that time to make her yeah. message heard. Yeah. Organ donation is a gift and... You know, there's two ways, as you rightly said, you can either, some people give a, a living organ, give it, give it a kidney, it's a living donation. 
just confirm again with, especially with our black community, because I know there's hesitance around wanting to donate. It's in death. And if I can help someone in death, if I don't need my kidneys or my livers or my lungs, and if I die in circumstances where it can help someone to improve their life, then why not? The grave don't need them. So if the grave don't need them, but somebody in life needs it, why can't I consider signing up to the organ register and do something amazing, just like Michelle? Someone was kind enough to sign on the register and donate their organs. And it's a simple thing to do. Let's do it for our community. Our community needs us. Podcasting for our health with NHS Blood and Transplant in association with Bristol African Caribbean Expo and BCFM Radio. Hosted by Primrose Granville, the accidental campaigner and broadcaster and producer, Pat Hart. Wow. Um, Geraldine Parker-Smith, who's the NHS BT, uh, BAME National Marketing Manager, and her reflections of Michelle, which, of course, we will talk about as well. And bear in mind, right, Prim, I had only virtually, if you like, online met Michelle, um, and she made such an impact on me. <laughs> uh, why I'm smiling, well, you know why I'm smiling, because sometimes when, when people give you interviews, they give you someone, you go, hi, how are you? And they go, hello, I'm fine. And they're really difficult interviews to carry through, right? That was not the case with Michelle. I felt felt that I could literally wind her up and vice versa. She was just so bubbly, um, but at the same time, kind of almost like she was vulnerable, but she acknowledged what her vulnerabilities were, which meant that we could have a good laugh and a joke. I don't know if you sensed that when we spoke to each other on the phone. Oh, yes. You noticed I stayed out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I did notice that. Um, it must be really difficult, Prim, for you to talk about, Michelle, simply because, as, as you've said before, um, you supported each other. Uh, there were things that you guys spoke about that you couldn't talk to me or others about unless it had been through some kind of transplant. Um, and on hearing the news, how, how did you hear the news of, of Michelle's uh, issues and then her passing? Well, we knew she was unwell. Um, we had prayer meetings. We prayed. We sent positive thoughts for her. We literally willed her well. And I went to Northampton for my goddaughter's graduation. And I woke up at four o'clock in the morning because, you know, I wake up before everybody else in the world. Yeah. And I I couldn't go back to sleep and I picked up my phone and I thought, oh, let's see what's happening on Michelle's page. And the first four letters I saw when I went on her page was R-I-E-P. And I just put the phone down because I didn't need anything else. And, and a little part of me thought, oh, maybe somebody, that's from, maybe she was wishing somebody um, R-I-E-P. And I went back and I looked, and but it was her. And I think it was so hard because that day was the graduation and I was there to celebrate a young person's achievement. I couldn't be sad. Mm. So it was double hard. And I put my smile on 
and my pretty outfit. But the whole time, I was really thinking about Michelle until my goddaughter crossed that stage and I did the usual primrose thing. I shouted her name out and I said, yes. <laughs> and in that one moment, I felt triumphant for this young person. But the whole day, my heart broke. The whole weekend, my heart mm. broke. And it was hard. I bet you knew if Misha were with you, she would have shouted her name as well. <laughs> Probably louder than you and done a little dance, I guess. And she would have done a little dance. Listen, let's let's hear from someone who's so inspirational. We'll talk again after. This is uh, Michelle uh, as the special guest on BCFM on the 10th of September. She was the first guest for our Organ Donation Week 2020 stories. Now, all right, um, we are in the middle of Organ Donation Week 2020, which ends on Sunday. But why do we need a whole week to talk about organ donation? If you asked anyone. Uh, who's had a transplant, you'll probably get a great answer. We've asked Prim before, so we're doing just that. Michelle Hemmings received a lung transplant and her surgery was famous. She joins us to share her story and why organ donation is so important for saving black lives. Good morning, Michelle. Welcome to Good. the One Love Breakfast. Good morning to you. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing well. All the better uh, from hearing uh, from you. I've I've read so much and i found out so much from prim about you but our listeners uh don't okay. don't know so michelle um yeah as i say we are in the middle of organ donation week we, we we've had some inspirational talks and interviews but yours i think may well top it all tell us a little bit about you first of all uh and what life was like probably before you had your lung transplants okay how you all know my name is michelle hemming and I am one of the famous five. So there were five of us who all had transplants all within 36 hours at the World Papworth Hospital in Cambridge um, two years ago. So there were two hearts. So two ladies had two hearts. Two young gentlemen had double lung transplant. And myself, I had a single lung transplant. If you can imagine, there were five donors five patients like myself and over 40 odd staff and they all transplanted all our organs within 36 hours so before wow. I was poorly for about 22 years yeah. um, I was having symptoms of breathlessness I was coughing 24-7 for 22 years and on the day that I had my transplant I stopped coughing um, I was being sick two or three times a day, two or three times a week. Um, and then I was diagnosed after a year. So I was diagnosed in 1997 with insta-tissue lung disease and mild hypertension. Um, I found it really difficult to climb up the stairs near the time of my transplant. So for everybody who takes walking and breathing for granted, for myself to climb up, climb up a flight of stairs, it would take me about 10 to 15 minutes. So I was walking like every two, two to three steps. Yeah. Then I would sit down, have a breather. Mind you, I still had my oxygen tank on my back and I was still feeling out of breath. So it, it took me about 10 to 15 minutes to climb up a flight of stairs. Oh my gosh. So but now, Yeah, go on. Go on. <laughs> but now I can walk up and down the stairs all day. 
Um, I even participated in the British Transplant Games last year. Whoa. I was supposed to do the same this year, but as you know, COVID came in. Yeah. Um, I'm doing loads of things that I couldn't do before, and I'm so blessed to be here to tell my story. Yeah, um, and we're blessed to have you on the radio. Misha, why are people from African and Asian heritage so heavily impacted by a lack of organs available for transplant? Why is that? Um, I think it's due to not knowing a lot about transplants and why organs are so important to people who need it. It's just a lack of knowledge and the myths they've been hearing um and plus due to sickness as well. So that's why I'm I'm here. I'm, I, I go around and do talks to talk about my story and the need for more black and Asian to um, stay on the list. Because at the moment, um, in order for not to, to be on the list, you have to opt out. So I'm encouraging people to stay on the list to help other people who need it. Because if it wasn't for my donor, I wouldn't be here myself. Wow. And, Misha, when you talk to people who maybe have never thought of it like that and they see you and they hear your story about 15 minutes to get up uh, a set of stairs and now you're kind of up and down, up and down uh, and and being involved in kind of um, physical sport and your quality of life is like, well, it's life-changing really. Does it, it does it convince people and, and, and help their understanding? Yes, it does. Um, before I open my mouth, they're in shock because I can't believe that I was sick for 22 years and why did I have an organ way before? But like you know, there's not a lot of the BAME, um, the BAME community on the organ register list. So that's why I'm trying to encourage people to sit down and talk to your families and stay on the list to help others who need it more. Mm-hmm. This is so, so important. And talk to us about, so, so you said, if you like, about, uh, I guess, the obvious things, right? So being able to go up and down the stairs. But in terms of you, your well-being, you're going out, you look in the mirror, you've got your, you know, <laughs> your, your best clothes on or whatever, you're going to a, yeah. a party, a function. How did it change for you about how you felt about yourself? Um, you mean after I had my transplant? Yes. Yes. I felt amazing. I felt good. Um, I felt happy that I was able to do things without thinking about doing it. Because before, I had to um, organise myself like a day or two before I even go out. Yeah. I had to make sure I had enough oxygen, water, my inhalers. Um, I had to think a lot about things before I went out. But now... I could just get up and go and do what I can and do what I wanted to do more than I wanted to do before. Mm. So I'm just happy and blessed to be here. Of course. And you've been delivering this message um, this week. You've been doing, uh, I guess, lots of interviews oh, and, yeah. and photo shoots and stuff. Tell us about some of the stuff you've had to do to get this message across, Michelle. Yes, um, I put on a sponsored walk on Sunday, just gone. Yeah. So I had about 50 people that came on the walk. Um, just raising the range for organ donation and raising donations for the Royal Papyrus Hospital. Oh, yes, I've been doing a, a few radio interviews 
Um, I've got one after here at half ten. Yeah. So I'm quite busy this week. But thank you for inviting me. Hey, listen, no, no worries. This is the most important one, obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Oh, Prim. <laughs> Primrose, um, you're on the line as well. Prim, you, you've done so much as well. You've done these um, NHS videos and stuff like that. How does it feel, and this is a question for both of you, but I'll ask Prim first. How does it feel all of a, all of a sudden? You, you've got to l- almost lay your life open um, to the public because you've benefited from something that's changed your life, even though you'll always have an ongoing kind of, you know, tablets or drugs or whatever to take. Do you feel vulnerable having to to kind of lay bare everything, Prim, when you when you talk to the media? That's that's the exact word. Because um, for people who don't know me, I didn't show up share my personal story for a long, long time. In now fact, you're, I didn't, you're very I, private, aren't you? I, I am very private, as public as my life is, and I didn't want to share. I spoke about my mother, I spoke about my sister, I spoke about people I knew, but I never shared my story. In fact, I never shared my story until six months to the day after my my renal failure diagnosis. Yeah. And I started sharing then, and I've just been sharing, 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 sharing nonstop, to the point where I actually shared my story on video. One of the things the, the interviewer asked me is, does it make you feel vulnerable talking about your health? stories and it does because you know people don't think of me as vulnerable they never do because I'm always smiley and happy and when you share the things that that affect you so like this morning this is the second day of the week the whole week that I've had a good day Mm. the first was yesterday yeah the other days I have to brave all the side effects I've got going on with another health condition Mm. Um, but then yesterday I went to the hospital and my kidney function is 74% that's higher than most people who don't have um, renal issues so my my transplant has completely transformed my life and I'm happy to share the health issues because for me they're just they're just minor but I have to share them because I never know who else is 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 living with those kind Mm. of conditions and this is this is this is the important thing isn't it Michelle for, for you um vulnerability i guess but but it's it's worth it because you're you're creating awareness as prim just said for those that have got a condition that that either we need people to donate uh and we need people to see the success stories definitely um i feel the same as um, primos as well i feel very vulnerable and very emotional when i do talk about my my story but at the same time, as long as I'm helping somebody out there, either the ones who needs the transplant and the ones who've had the transplant and for the families, because being a transplant patient is not easy. Mm. Um, everybody thinks having a transplant is an easy road, but it isn't. But we're just trying to do the best we can because we are on a lot of um, immune suppressant tablets and there's certain things we can and can't do but uh, most of all having a transplant is amazing you know it's better than how we were before and we're living the best life that we can now Mm. Michelle, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm not going to ask where your next interview is but I'm sure um, (laughs) it's uh, no go on tell us actually who's your next interview with? It's somewhere in Birmingham and it's for a TV station that's mainly online 
Yeah, so I'm going to thank you for bringing this uh, interview with Michelle to us. Once again, another... Insp- I, I did not even understand about lung transplant and i remember in the news now those those famous five and uh, and i feel oh, I, I, yeah. i'm going to tell everyone guess who i spoke to this morning I've met one of the famous five. <laughs> i met one of the famous five and they'll say we know pat we were listening so <laughs> michelle well hopefully hopefully in the future i may come down and visit you as well then that will be absolutely amazing now um in, uh, in order to get ready for your interview later go up and down the stairs three or four times all right because you can <laughs> i will <laughs> michelle, thank you michelle you thank take you. care have a no, wonderful thank day you. have a great day bless you bye-bye Bye-bye. There, there we go that's michelle hemmings um one of the famous five. Oh, so there you go pat you and michelle being cheeky <laughs> you telling her to run up the stairs knowing that she's going to <laughs> <laughs> with that ox with that oxygen as well that was the that was a funny thing you know um mm-hmm. when you talk about people that can inspire other people and people that cannot make light but actually see the fun and the humor in their own situation then you know that those people are extremely special uh and 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 michelle was and is extremely special and, I, and i'm so pleased for him that we've managed to retell or she's managed to retell her story because it's something that that people really need to hear isn't it absolutely pat hers is 22 years with an oxygen tank that is no easy feat you ask anybody who dives or has been into outer space what it's like to walk around with a tank on their back. Mm. She did that for 22 years and she was as gracious then as she was in that interview. Absolutely. And there's so many other words you could use. Um, Gracious, fun. Um, She was just just interesting and giving as well. Um, And let's talk a bit about how important people like yourself and also Michelle, uh, Michelle Hemmings was in terms of campaigning because of course... If we didn't have campaigning, there would be less and less people able to become organ donors. And this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's about hearing those stories from people that we can identify with, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, I've been campaigning long before I even knew I had any issues with my kidneys. You know, my mother had it for a long time, so I campaigned on her behalf. But we have to put ourselves and our personal stories out there. We don't think of it as campaigning. We think of it as just, you know, sharing with people how difficult it is for us. Mm. And we are the blessed ones. We've had organs, but there are still people waiting. Languishing is the word I use. Because languishing is fatigue. So they live with fatigue every single day. Absolutely. And and, and going back to that story of Michelle, you know, 22 years with oxygen, uh, many others on, on dialysis. And of course, the importance of organ donation now, especially, you know, now that there's been that law change, but actually talking to our loved ones, telling them how we feel, uh, if that time and when that time comes, we want to donate uh, our organs so many lives you can you you can save what seven eight nine people's lives um unbelievable isn't it 
save and impact. And you mentioned that, Pat. So that's leaving them certain. There is a campaign, leave them certain. Tell them what you would like to happen. It's better you tell them while you're alive than letting them make that decision on their own without any information from you at a time that is usually quite tragic. It's a very tough time when someone is able to donate their organs. It's not an easy time. It's not a fun time standing at the hospital bed and saying, oh, you know, can we have so-and-so? It's tough. Yeah. It's hard. Prem, in your life, you've had triumph. You've, you've had tragedy. We're talking um, a little about Michelle, Michelle Hemmings and, 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 and tragedy for, for somebody really relatively so young in that sense um, mm. through, through COVID. What would you say to those listening now that maybe haven't made it clear about organ donation, to, to maybe those that, that have maybe not given blood, how would you convince people, or indeed would you want to convince people? What would you say? I don't want to convince anyone. I want to say to people, think about what your legacy could be. Think about the joy you could bring to someone else's life. If you give blood, you could bring joy to someone else's life and still be fit and well to do stuff. If you want to become a living donor, think about the joy you could bring to somebody else's life. That's a living donor. If you think, I don't want the worms or the incinerator to take my organs, think about how many people you could impact. I don't know if my organs are gonna be worth anything when I go, but if they can pluck something out and use it, take it because I'd like to bring the joy and the lower level worry that I have enjoyed for the past three years to someone else. Mm. I don't want to convince you. I want you to think about it for yourself and leave your families certain. Absolutely. I think that is an amazing place to end. And uh, I think anyone who's listened to this will know that this particular episode is of course in memory of Michelle, Michelle Hemmings. And of course, what is the best way to, to honor and respect that memory is to talk about organ donation to, as you say, Prim, don't be convinced, just know that it's the right thing to do uh, and, and, and make it a conversation, whether that's around the table uh, or with your loved ones or whether you're in the pub or, or the cafe or wherever you are, talk about it more. What do we got coming up in our next episode? I'm quite excited. I'm not going to say it. Go on, you say it. I'm not going to say it either. <laughs> but in, in our next episode, we have a famous guest. <laughs> mm. Apart from you, you mean? I'm not famous at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're the accidental campaigner. I am. Thank you, Pat. So until next time, when the accidental campaigner returns to share more with you about blood and organ donations. Take care. See you soon. Podcasting for our health with NHS Blood and Transplant in association with Bristol African Caribbean Expo and BCFM Radio. Hosted by Primrose Granville, the accidental campaigner and broadcaster and producer Pat Hart. <laughs>